Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm and he is Amal Shaw. Thanks for joining us here on a Thursday morning. Typically, we'll start with my top five power rank teams. Couple of uh, reactions to last night. One, any surprise with Houston? Did you end up playing them on the on the the bounce back theory in game two at home? I, I didn't, and I'm kicking myself because it was funny. A friend of mine texted me. He goes, "Hey, you like Atlanta?" I said, "This is only a one way play. It's either Houston or no play." And I thought back on it, and I said, "Normally speaking, like four or five years ago, I would have fired on this game." And I said, "I don't know why I haven't." I just last year and a half, ever since last year when we had the shortened season, not been playing baseball as much, and I regret it last night. Astros dominant, get out early, and this thing was done. Freed had a great start in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. first start of the playoffs. Since then, he's not been good. He really hasn't. We see Houston take advantage of that. Series is going to be an interesting one, but there's no real starting pitching for Atlanta. If you went to Dusty Baker before the series and you told him, you can be 1-1 going to Atlanta, and they don't have Morton for the rest of the year, would he take it? 100%, as long as we don't see Russ Ortiz. <laughs> I agree with that. I think Houston's actually in a better position uh, after two games having split at home than they were pre-flop from a betting perspective. Um, I know you follow the NBA, used to bet it heavily, especially second-half totals. I know you still follow it. What was the reason LeBron didn't play last night? Uh, ankle injury, but I think he was probably some, uh, filming some other PSA he had to give. It's, it's, it's hard to bet that league when you don't know who's going to play every By, by the way, I love all these people under 30 who've never seen Jordan play and try to tell me LeBron's the best player of all time. By the way, by the way you know this Lakers team only has four guys that are on the All-75 team. Uh, Dwight Howard should have been on yeah. there. He got hosed on that. LeBron's on there, AD's on there, Russell Westbrook's on there, and Carmelo's on there. That's all. That's all. And oh. by the way, they're going to be like the Lakers with Gary Payton and Carmelo. Uh, let's go to the top five. From uh, There's only one change from last week. That's the only team that lost, the Ravens, who were number five. 
I dropped them down. I'm all I had a tough decision. I thought about this for 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 a day and a half, not the the whole time, but off and on. Who was I going to put in the five spot? It's really close for me between the Bengals and the Cowboys. I went with the Cowboys here. Any thoughts on that? Oh, I think that's the right call. You have to give Dallas credit for what they've been able to do so far. And it's not just the fact that they lost a heartbreaker in Tampa, but this is a team that has been effective offensively. They've really taken care of business against some weaker opponents. But like the way they put their foot on the throat of Philadelphia, and they're continuing to do that. Uh, Mike McCarthy just had a press conference where he's saying we're waiting the remainder of the week to make a decision on whether Dak's going to play. So there's some... Uh, some uncertainty there, although I think he likely will play or this number would have yeah. would have really jumped off a of one and a half or two. Well, listen, when you look at the uh, Dallas Cowboys backup options, uh, we're going to have to see Dak Prescott in this spot. Okay, I stayed the same with the rest of the list. Rams were fourth. I keep them fourth. Struggled a little bit with the Lions. They do win the game, though. Sean Payton continues to be undefeated in regular season and postseason when he has the lead at halftime, and I'm sure he will again this week in Houston. Bucks stay at three. They trounced the Bears. They only had to play half of football. They really didn't even play in the second half. That's how bad the Bears were. Bills stay at number two. And then the Cardinals. I mean, they, they took care of business. They got the job done. I think we get some good tests for this top five this week. And that tonight, with Green Bay coming to town, no Devontae Adams, I still think it's a test for the Cardinals. And I think Dallas will get tested on Sunday night in Minnesota. Very disappointed with your top five. Because it's still, I won't move the Rams over the Buccaneers? No, oh. because you didn't have anything to really tick me off. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty, it's good. A pretty mundane I, week. Yeah, it is. I agree with your list. I actually Anybody think else have... you would think at five other than Dallas? I, I, no, not really. I mean, what do you want to make a case for Green Bay? But I think their defense got a lot of question marks. Yeah. Is Baltimore? Uh, if, if Dallas played Baltimore on a neutral, I think Baltimore would probably be favored. They, they might be, but here's yeah. the thing against Baltimore. They took a 66-60, was it, 66 or 67-yard field goal from Justin Tucker to win yeah. that game. They were fortunate to be able to win the Colts game. I mean, this team is sitting at 5-2. and two. They could just as easily be 4-3 and three, or, or even 3-4. and four. All right, when we take a look at the top five and their current odds to win the Super Bowl, uh, the Cardinals at number one are actually the fourth choice at 9-1. to one. Bills at number two on my list are plus 550. Bucks at three are the same, plus 550. The Rams at four are plus $8. The Cowboys at five are 14-1. to one. Would the Cardinals or Cowboys interest you at those prices? Uh, I think so, based on the pricing, absolutely. I, but for some reason, I am not on board with either of those two teams. I think the three teams you just mentioned previous to that are probably have a greater chance. Look, I like Buffalo's chances in the AFC. Just real quickly, let's stay on the AFC here. Okay. You look at it. In the East, they're going to win this division. And, you know, look, I'm not taking anything more from, from the Patriots' run for 20 years, but part of their success was the fact that they got to play in the worst division in the history of football. And that's what the Buffalo Bills are taking advantage of. The Jets can't get out of their own way. Miami doesn't even know what an offensive forward pass looks like. And then, of course, we know New England's got a rookie quarterback. They're an average team at best if everything breaks correctly. I love Buffalo's chances not only to they're going to win the division, but to get home field advantage throughout. And then they get the bye, which is huge. And then you have to go to Orchard Park, whether it be in that divisional playoff weekend or for the AFC Championship. I think Tennessee might pose the biggest threat to them for the one seed simply because they have the tiebreaker if they can finish with the same record. I would agree with you, but the Colts pose a threat to them. And also, I think Tennessee's defense is far worse than Buffalo's ever has been. And I think that's going to come back to bite them at the end. I like Buffalo to have a better record than them. The threats I thought out west would be potentially Kansas City, which no longer exists in my opinion. You've got the Chargers and the Raiders. I don't think they're on the same level as Buffalo. I think the Ravens are in an extremely competitive and tough division. I don't think any one of those teams is necessarily going to be able to get to the level of Buffalo. Are the Raiders better for not having John Gruden as their head coach? No, I, I don't know about that, but I will tell you this. Um, you know, Look, I don't know enough from an X's and O's standpoint to make that uh, assertion, but it seems like they've simplified some things and it's helped this team. And 
They've been dominant. I mean, they have dominated. Granted, it's against Denver and Philadelphia, but at the end of the day, they're still an NFL team. They've done a really nice job, and you have to give the Raiders credit for the way they've played. All right, let's get to the big matchup tonight in Arizona. 7-0 and uh, Cardinals against the 6-1 and Packers. Both teams are 6-1 and against the spread from a betting perspective, Amal. Wow. Uh, the, the injury news shot this game from 3.5 to 6.5 Cardinals laying at home. Total down from 52 to 50 and a half. Slightly juiced to the under as money continues to come in on the under. You can get 220 on the Packers on the money line. How are you going to attack the game tonight? Uh, I like Green Bay here catching six and a half. Uh, one thing I don't like is this game is being played on a Thursday. When they put the schedule together, you figured Arizona is probably four and three at best at this time. This has really worked out to a critical game in the NFC. If you are Arizona, if you win this game tonight, you have basically eliminated the Green Bay Packers from being one of those four teams that can get home field advantage over you. The others being the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Packers, and of course the Dallas Cowboys. Because now the Packers will be at two losses. You've got the head-to-head. So in essence, you've got to lose three games before they could even catch you. Uh, so this is a really important game for Arizona. Um, let's take a look at the Cardinals if we have it. Uh, Britain. The rest of the schedule for the Cardinals, they are going to have the return date with the Rams coming to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That'll be a revenge spot for the Rams. They get San Francisco in San Francisco. We've seen them struggle offensively with Jimmy G, and obviously they get the Seattle Seahawks. But they're out of conference the rest of the way, home to the Panthers. They get the bye. They go to the Bears after the bye at the Lions versus the Colts at home. At Cowboys might be a key matchup yep. in Week 17. <laughs> Absolutely. Like You look at the schedule. This is very manageable. This is why this can be a critical game because you get those three additional days before you play San Francisco. Look, I think Arizona probably wins this game without Devontae Adams in this lineup for Green Bay. But, Mike, I still think six and a half is too many points. If I put the regular season win total for Arizona at 13 and a half right now, which way are you going? I am going. Uh, They'd have to go uh, <clears throat> seven and three the rest of the way to go over. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going over. Yeah. yeah. I think they don't lose four games. Uh, any interest in the total here tonight? I've heard a couple people um, that I listen to like it over because they don't think the Green Bay defense has uh, is gooey, doesn't have much of a pass rush. I agree. You do agree with yeah. the over here. Well, I, I, they're right on. And yeah. This team has no pass rush, no Jair Alexander in that secondary. So we're not going to have that Hopkins-Alexander matchup. But I think Murray and company should be able to exploit it offensively. Don't you think the Packers will have to focus on running the football without uh, – Without Lazard, uh, Valdez, Scantling, and Adams? Well, look, if you look at Aaron Rodgers' numbers, there's no drop-off without Devontae Adams in the lineup. And it was, but, not... but they had Lazard in a lot of those games that, that, that they played without Adams as well. I, you know, No, I don't disagree yeah. with you there, but I, I still think when you look at this team, uh, they have those injuries at the receiver position. You mentioned Scantling being out, of course, and Devontae Adams, but I think they'll be just fine. they got Rodgers. you got to just catch the football when he puts it there. They've done a nice job in the running game this year. All right, I want to talk about Survivor. You're still in. You have both of your entries in. Mm-hmm. As you look at the board this week and where you're going to go with it, are you going to split your entries this week? Are you going to stay on the same team as you have done? And where are you looking right now? Uh, I'm going to Kansas City, going with the Chiefs on both of them. Uh, it'll get a little bit more peculiar uh, and precarious as we go a little bit forward. But right now, uh, I think Kansas City. I know a lot of people be on the Rams and the Buffalo Bills. Have you Cincinnati. used the Rams yet on either ticket? I have not. And they play Jacksonville later in the year. They host mm-hmm. Jacksonville. It's yep. probably the circled spot for them. But they still got. I mean, they got some opportunities still. Yeah, they got a weak schedule. Mitch asked this morning. Eighty-two uh, percent of the twenty-one hundred odd re- yeah. remaining entries still have Kansas City available. Mm-hmm. How many do you think use them this week? And are people now, through happenstance and the way things have gone, the hard early schedule in Kansas City? not going to have anything locked up in, in the last week of the year, trying to save them for the million-dollar bonus. Is that coming into people's head at all? 
I think for a lot of people, it probably is. They play Denver the final weekend of the season. I think it's at, at Denver. Denver. Right. The opposite is Tampa, Tampa Bay is host Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. yeah. The problem is Carolina might uh, Tampa might not need the they game. They might be up. Th- they might be up two games for the one. It, it's interesting though if they if it's to, they still needed to get the one seed, they're going to play. Absolutely, right? Right. no but question the, about division it. Division should be locked up. Yeah, by division that time. should be locked up by then. But uh, Chiefs, look, you, here's the problem. You look at it from this perspective: Kansas City doesn't win a few games here. That game against Denver may not matter for them for the postseason. That's true as well. They might they might be out of the race right now. Because they get the Packers next week. It's not going to be an easy game. You're at the Raiders, then you get the Cowboys. They've got a three-game stretch coming up that's going to be really challenging. As a survivor play, how confident are you in the Chiefs this weekend? On a scale of what, 1 to 10? Yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10. 10. I mean, a lot of weeks you're, you are. You don't think there's any chance that— If I get beat by the Giants, yeah, I get Nichols, beat by the Giants. Who Danny cares? Nichols can beat you. No, <laughs> no, if you get beat, you get beat. There's just certain spots. Look— when Alabama's well, playing, let me ask you this: You yeah. took you took Carolina in Week One over the Jets, yep. right? What was your level of confidence in that pick? Was that all twenty? No, that was a twenty. <laughs> that was that was that was off the charts. You know, all all, all these sharp as a marble people tell me, "Oh, you can't take Carolina, can't do this, can't do that." Okay, all, all the non-zero through two uh, through zero guys. By the way, where is that guy? Well, the book my bets. What happened to you? Hey, boy, he didn't like that side. Yeah, he didn't he like didn't. that side. I don't like that side. I like Titans in a tease up to seven and a half this week in that game. I think that's the only way to play that game. Well, look, depends. You said that, and I agree with you. I think this number is going to land on uh, Tennessee being a favorite by the time we kick off. So if you like it, you got to take it right now. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we're going to dive into college football, one of Amal's passions. There's a couple of games here on the Thursday night schedule, as well as on this Halloween weekend, which games in college football are trap or treat? That's next on Odds On. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime, so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and a mall's personal favorite, citrus. Zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zen wherever you are. Zen's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zen comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zen contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21+. Plus. Learn more and find your local retailer at zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. I am Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Let's flip the script and talk about some college football. couple games tonight, Amal a team you lost with on a Thursday night, Coastal Carolina hosting Troy. Huge favorite here, 17 at home, total 49 and a half. Yeah, I don't have a really interest in this game. Coastal's been dominant this year. Troy's not that bad. They come in at four and three. The Trojans are a team that you expect in the past have been competitive, but you look at this Coastal team, offensively explosive, and I think they have an opportunity to really put some uh, separation between themselves and, uh, uh, excuse me, Troy in this matchup. They played a tight competitive game last year, but going to stay away from this game here tonight. All right, and then the other matchup tonight, USF, the University of South Florida, disappointing season at 2-5 and five straight up, although they have covered four of the seven games. They're catching 10 at East Carolina, total 56 of them all. Yeah, Britton and I were talking about this game before the show, and he likes South Florida. I said I'm staying, excuse me, East Carolina. I'm staying away from this game as bad as South Florida's been playing. Had the win against Temple. Offense is starting to get going a little bit. Lack of consistency at the quarterback position. That's the big problem with them. We'll see what McLean can do against this team here. Uh, I, I'm just not a big fan of taking ECU here in this spot. I, I didn't. Neither of these games appealed to me tonight. Might be an in-game opportunity. All right, let's take a look at some of these games that could be a trap or could be a treat. The Iowa State Cyclones and Wonder Boy uh, Matt Campbell uh, go on the road. They did beat previously unbeaten Oklahoma State on Saturday in Ames, although they did not cover the seven. Uh, they go to Morgantown to take on West Virginia again 
Iowa State laying a full touchdown on the road with a uh, total of 48.5. Is this a possible look-ahead spot? The Longhorns will be in Ames next Saturday, and so will I. Oh, you're going to the game? I am. I want to go to the game. Jack Trice Stadium. Oh, make sure you're going in on John Deere. You can help mow the grass. <laughs> Uh, the bottom line is in this matchup, to me, I, th- I would be looking at the Mountaineers here. I think it's too many points. As good as Iowa State is or what they were thought to be this year, Mike, they haven't blown teams out. We saw them go to Baylor. They lose a game in which they outgained Baylor by about 150 yards. West Virginia's been good at home. They did blow the game against Texas Tech, but I think catching a touchdown is a few too many points. I expect this game to be a competitive game in that 24-20 type of game, 28-21 type of range. According to Amal Shaw, the Oregon Ducks control their own destiny as far as making the playoffs. We, we need to address this right now. I, I, I'm so sick and tired of this. I was going through this this morning. How did I, Look, you know who should be concerned are the Georgia Bulldogs. You think Ohio State and Oregon will both get in over one loss Georgia? Here's the deal. Ohio State and Oregon run the table. They're getting in. If Oklahoma runs the table, they're getting in. Alabama wins the SEC. Georgia doesn't have a conference championship. They're not going to get in. Now, this is a large assumption that Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Oregon, all three run the table. The committee will value conference championship over strength of schedule and quality wins. 100%. Here's the other question I would ask you right now. Who does Georgia have that's a quality win besides Kentucky? Well, they went to the Plains at Jordan Air, and they beat up on Auburn. You better that's, hope- not a quali- that's not a, a lackluster win. I don't, I'm Auburn's not saying it is, but you better hope- team. Hold on a minute. You uh, better hope Auburn doesn't wind up with four or five losses. Their season's not done yet. That's true. They beat a previously unbeaten Kentucky squad. Okay, And if they win this week, they will have gone to the cocktail party, into the mouth of the Tiger, into the state of Florida, and beaten the greatest game planner of all time. Your guy, Dan Mullen. Well, first of all, your team doesn't even have an offense. And here's what are you the other talking thing. about? Do you think offense. Georgia? You think Georgia's going to be able to score 35 against Alabama? Because they're going to have to score 35 to beat them. You're not going to slow down the Crimson Tide. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it. You're going to put the team total for Alabama at 35 in the S. What's the total going to be? I don't care 70, what it is. If, if it's not, if it's not 30 and a half, we're taking the over. <laughs> well, you said You're 35. Not slow down You'll take over 33 and a half. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I don't agree with that because Alabama will not run the football on Georgia. They don't have to run the ball. They'll pick them apart with Mechie and Williams on the outside. These are two top 45 picks. Bryce Young's a future first-rounder. Evan Neal might be the first tackle off the board, top five pick here. They they will be just fine. To your point about thinking Oregon will get in if it's between them and Ohio State because of the win, I think ESPN will lobby hard for Oregon in the Pac-12. You do? I, I do. I think that they will get the push because Fox will lobby for the Big Ten team. ESPN will lobby for the Pac-12 team. Well, I, look, I can't speak to which television lobbying group is going to get the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All I'm looking at is strength of schedule and how this thing plays out. If Oregon runs the table, Ohio State runs the table, Oklahoma runs the table, and if Georgia loses to Alabama, assuming Alabama – look, if Alabama comes in with two losses, Georgia can get in with the one loss. That's where we have – it's going to be a little bit of an interesting scenario. But I think if you're Ohio State, you're Oregon – and Oklahoma, you control your own destinies. Yes or no, if it's at a pick, will there be two SEC teams in the playoff? If it's pick a minus 110 both ways, are you wagering? Well, I've got Georgia to win the SEC. So you would say no because they would go undefeated and Alabama won't get in with two losses. Correct, but I, I still think I had kind of set up the bet with the situation where it's going to be able to hedge on Bama. Now this game's going to be close to a pick. Uh, I, I would have to give an edge to the Crimson Tide here. You know, but Alabama should have lost to Florida as well. You could make that argument. Meanwhile... In Eugene, an anemic Buffs offense is catching 24 against the Ducks with a total of 49. Oregon off a big win in the Rose Bowl over UCLA, and they face rival Washington in the border war next week. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, your statement's offensive to anemic people. 
I mean, the bottom line is this Colorado offense has been god awful. The Cal Bears look like the it looked like the '85 Bears. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, couldn't they move the ball at all at Berkeley. So I had the game. I'm watching it on the Pac-12 Network, and I, this was great. I go about three plays in into the second quarter. I go, I have to turn this game on again. It's over. Were you watching the end game total? Like four mm-hmm. minutes into the second half, the rest of the game was like 12 and a half. I mean, that's how low the end game was on the, and it stayed. It stayed under. This this Buffalo's team is very disappointing. I don't look. I don't like lane twenty four with Anthony Brown. The Ducks, they're not the old Ducks where they just get up and down the yeah. field and they go quickly because of the quarterback play. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, Kayvon Thibodeau, this guy should be getting Heisman consideration. He's unbelievable. Uh, Paul Howard, when I I did my appearance on Follow the Money this morning, made an interesting point about will the committee consider the bogus pass interference call on the farm against Oregon on the last play in that loss. Just like Colorado's and consider the illegal block against the Rocket for the national championship. I don't see that anywhere in no. Boulder. No, it's, it's irrelevant. The game, they lost the game. They shouldn't have been in that position. Why are you in that position against Stanford? They didn't have their offensive coordinator. You know what? They didn't have their of, best player. Hold on a minute. And they got a really hold, hold bad on a call hold on, a on, on defensive pass interference. I'm, I'm not Cle- trying Cle- to make the Clemson, case Clemson has won a national championship despite Tony Elliott. They have won because, despite the fact that Tony right. Elliott is their offensive coordinator. You got five stars. You're Oregon. You got players. Go out there and make a play. You're playing David Shaw. You know what they're running. They only have one play in the playbook. The Stanford playbook is the menu for my cousin Vinny. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Fade, fullback dive, or halfback trap. That's it. You're making my argument about Oregon. All right. Texas Tech goes to Oklahoma. Oklahoma is still undefeated. They win in, in Lawrence, but fall in the polls behind Alabama. Oklahoma is going to lay 19 this week. They face Baylor next week. Is this a look-ahead spot? And how's the state of Texas Tech after firing the head coach? Did you agree with that decision? I did not agree with the decision at this point in time. If you're Texas Tech, wait till the end of the season. You're not Oklahoma. You're not Texas. And, you know, the reality of it is you're going to get some coordinator somewhere that nobody cares about. You brought in Matt Wells from Utah State. It was a nondescript hire. Your next hire is going to be a nondescript one. I think these guys are in trouble in this game with Caleb Williams. I think Oklahoma bounces back. But I've been saying that all year. Been waiting for the Sooners team to be able to bounce back, but I think this is a spot they finally get on track. A lot of people have this game at Liberty between UMass and Liberty circled for this week. Liberty is laying 36, a total of 57 and a half. Hugh Freeze returns to Oxford next week as Liberty takes on Old Miss. Can you stomach taking 36 and a half with this UMass team? Well, no, I couldn't. You'd have to take Liberty here. I mean, Malik Willis and company should be able to move the ball. They beat these guys last year 45 to nothing. Should be something along a similar scoreline. You know, UMass has one win on the season, but think about this. Last week, they lose at Free Shoes U by 56. Liberty can put I up the same it number. It was like 38-3 at half. I was, I was, it was on the ACC network, so the game was on everywhere. I would turn back on oh, another 14 for FSU. Oh, another 14 for FSU. Uh, undefeated Wake Forest continues their march towards an ACC title. They host uh, Duke. Duke, not very good this year. Wake Forest laying 17 and a half, fresh off scoring 70 at West Point. Uh, 16 and a half. Total of 70. Is the total too low here, Amal? I don't know because I, I think when you look at Duke, hmm. this could be a game where they kind of stall out a little bit. Wake's going to have to get into the 40s, so I'm not sure about this one. I didn't play this total. I don't really like either side in this matchup. I think the number is correct. Yeah. Okay, uh, here's an interesting game uh, at Stark Vegas. Kentucky laying one on the road with a total of 47. They get Tennessee next week, next week in their rivalry game. Do you like lane one on the road here? Do you think Kentucky wins this game? Or do you think the Pirate, who hates, uh, who hates candy, caramel, corn. candy corn, uh, will come away the victor as a small home dog? You know, I really don't know, but I like this game under. 47 is the total here. I think it's yeah. going to be a defensive battle. Mississippi State's got that short passing game, which is really like extended running game. 
Uh, I don't think they're going to put up a ton of points on this Kentucky defense, but at the same time, Kentucky's style of play, I don't think they're going to score more than 24. How do you evaluate the Wildcats' performance in Athens? Do you downgrade them? Do you keep them the same, or do you upgrade them off that loss? I don't, I, I don't really downgrade, but we knew what their offense was. I think you give Georgia a ton of credit for being so dominant. Yeah, I still think that Kentucky is, is a good team. I mean, they yeah, it's, it's just one. They loss. didn't embarrass themselves no. in that game. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about teasers in the NFL. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sports Betting National Championship is coming November 5th through the 7th, and VEASAN will provide coverage from the main event all weekend long, including live on location updates for all the action. Visit VEASAN.com forward slash SBNC for more information and learn how you can enter for a chance to test your skills and win cash, including the million-dollar top prize. That's VEASAN.com forward slash SBNC. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Malshaw. Speaking of that, we have uh, Brady and Femi there, right, covering it uh, uh, for Visa in the National Sports Betting Championship. Let me ask you a question. You think I know other people's schedules? No, I don't think you look at your own. I don't. I, w- I would agree with that. Brady might want to. It might be a little chilly. You might want more than just a T-shirt uh, when he's out there. Okay, let's take a look at teaser opportunities in the NFL this week and start with tonight's game. Would you tease the Cardinals down to a half or the Packers up to twelve and a half? Up. But would you really tease them? Is no, I'm, I'm giving you an either yeah, or, yeah. but you wouldn't tease the game is what you're no, saying. No, correct. Okay. Um, I like the Bengals. I'm thinking about laying the points with the Bengals here. Ten and a half against the Jets. Jets they don't have the quarterback. I think the Bengals' defense is good. Would you tease the Bengals down to four and a half or the Jets up to through 17? We don't have to just do a six-point teaser. Would you tease them up with the key numbers here through, through I, I 17? Would te- I would tease the uh, Jets up. Tease the Jets yeah. up. This is the obvious one, I think. Titans, Colts. You would tease through uh, the zero with, uh, with the Colts, or would you tease the Titans up through the three and seven? I, I would take Tennessee. Why don't you ask all your skinny friends how it's done? Would you no Would you just play the Titans plus one and a half, or you would rather tease them? Um, I would rather tease them. I think it's a okay, tough game. I, I think the Colts are starting to play a lot better, and they finally realized this kid, Jonathan Taylor, that they have. Yeah. He's, only, he's only the leading rusher in the NCAA over three years of a career in terms of what he's been able to do. It's unbelievable in terms of the success he's had here. And Carson Wentz starting to throw and Pittman really coming out. And by the way, between T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell, if we can just get them healthy for two games a season, that'll be a benefit. Can the Titans win the division this weekend? Yes. They win this division. This they like win the this Cardinals game. and the Mets. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, exactly. 86. <laughs> Why do you knew it was over with the four-game sweep? Patriots and Chargers, you told me yesterday you like the Chargers minus five. I do. I think they're going to win this game coming off of bye. Listen, a lot of people are high on New England. I think they get a lot of credit. This is like in college when the name on the jersey gives you a lot of credibility, just like Alabama moving up for their win against Tennessee, which was a seven-point game with nine minutes to go. A lot of people didn't see the game, and so they all of a sudden go based on the final result. Similar situation here. I like the Chargers here. I think they play well. I think the defense will be much better. I like them to cover five here. Is the 45 nothing drubbing at the hand of the Patriots in SoFi last year a factor in this game? Absolutely. Huge revenge spot. Anytime you get embarrassed... You know, think about this. If somebody beats you in something, you always want to get back at them, especially when they embarrass you like they did. I expect the Chargers to be uh, ready to go. I'll tell you what else I think is a factor, not just this week, but moving on. They finally cut Viscano and got Hopkins, who I thought Washington made a bad decision in cutting. I agree I think it's you. a big upgrade to Hopkins. I, I agree with you on both fronts. I thought it was a bad move by Washington bringing in Blewett. Never kicked in a game since 2016. And then, of course, you get Hopkins. Look, Hopkins may not be the guy that some of these other kickers are um, from 48 and plus. But he's still very good, very efficient. I, I like their chances with him. 
The Bucks are up to six in some spots. Would you tease them down to a pick, or would you tease the Saints up through the ten? Uh, probably wouldn't tease either in this game. Would you, uh, is this a pass game yeah. for you? Evaluate the coaching performance of Pete Carroll on Monday night. I've heard some criticism of his um, just insistence on running the football and not really giving Geno Smith many chances to throw the ball down the field outside of the first touchdown, first play. Well, first of all, they they ended up putting they ended up rolling a safety over to that side with DK, uh, where Marshawn Lattimore was on DK. Uh, I understand you want to get him the ball, but you know he wasn't always open. That's one of the other factors. Lattimore's a big-time uh, uh, DB. And then on top of it, there's a reason why Geno Smith has been a career backup. I mean, it's, let's not act like Russell Wilson was out there throwing the football. I don't necessarily put that on Pete Carroll. They just don't have the quality of quarterback right now. Geno S- uh, Smith is the last rookie quarterback to beat Tom Brady. He did it with the Jets in 2013. Tom Brady has won 16 straight games against opposing rookie quarterback since then. Well, you know, Geno Smith wasn't bad when he came out of uh, West Virginia. He's regressed since he's been in the league. 12 for 22 last week for a buck 67. It's not like this guy's really pressing the ball down the field. And think about this. You take away one of those completions for 84 yards, so he winds up in a scenario where he's got 80, 11 completions for 83 yards. Cowboys up to two and a half at the Vikings. Dak uh, likely, but we haven't confirmed him yet as Mike McCarthy had a press conference earlier. Is this a spot where you would tease the Vikings up through eight and a half? Yeah, absolutely. I like Minnesota here. Let's, let's take this example. It's it's two and a half, uh, or one and a half now off the news that Dak's improbable. Um, would you take uh, then a six-point teaser to get to seven and a half, or would you take a seven-point teaser to get to eight and a half? Eight can be a key number in the NFL now because of the two-point conversion. It can, but I tell you what, here's the key. Depending on where you get the teaser, uh, what is the rule? Is it a tie as a yeah, push or a tie as a loss? That. No, no, but the reason why I say but that you is... you won't want the eight if no, it's a loss. I, Correct. But if it's a push, I actually want eight. I don't yeah. want eight and a half just Correct. in case if my other one loses, yeah. then I could get a refund. Yeah. Uh, in this game, do you have a lean and a high total 55 here? No play on the total here. I, I think Minnesota is going to win this football game. I you think, do? Yeah, I think so at home. I think they're being a little bit underestimated. I think we'll finally get an opportunity to see how good Dallas's defense is going up against a well-balanced offense. Um, I was on Gil's podcast earlier today, and this was the top play for pro football focus Eric Egler. He likes the Cowboys here. He thinks the conservative Minnesota offense might get lapped by the time they figure out they're in the game here. Just because of the way they coach this, they really settle for field goals. Cousins has one of the five lowest um, targets per attempt average in the first three quarters on first and second downs in the league. And he's very conservative and has played well in the fourth quarters of games, so it's a little bit of a mirage, his statistics. Your reaction, Amal Shaw. Well, that's fine, but my, my point is, listen, teams going on the road, you want to lay points long-term, it's going to be a losing proposition. Dallas is coming off of a bye. That's great. Bodes well for them. Dak's a little bit banged up in this matchup. At the end of the day, this is an important game for Minnesota. It's a far more important game for the Vikings than it is for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. If Minnesota loses this game, they lose the traction that they've gained after the rough start so far on the season. Was uh, There was this game one or two years ago where this was a Sunday night game, maybe two years ago. I think they had fans in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Minnesota actually came back and won a very high-scoring game against the Cowboys. Look, these games have always been good matchups. Last yeah. year we saw the one with CeeDee Lamb with a late touchdown yeah. in the fourth quarter. I, I just think that as good as Dallas is, this is going to be a tight game, and I like the home team here. AFC North matchup between the Steelers and the Browns. This game is in Cleveland. The Browns are laying three and a half here. Do you tease the Steelers up past the seven? I do not. I don't think Pittsburgh's a team you can back in a lot of spots. Brown's injury concerns are a problem here. I think about this, the total, 42 and all. That is low. I, I would lean towards the over here. It's just too low for an NFL game with two teams that are capable at times, not Pittsburgh particularly, but the Browns. 
you know, you have to look at the injuries for Cleveland before you make any decisions on this game. 49ers go to Chicago to Soldier Field to take on the Bears. They're either laying three and a half or four, depending on where you're looking at the number. Uh, do you tease the Bears up here? Um, you can tease them through 10 here to 10 and a half at three and a half, or you can tease them to 10 and a half with a six and a half point teaser at four. Or you can go to seven and take it to 11. I, w- I would take the Bears in 11 here. Um, I think without Khalil Mack, it's going to make a difference in terms of the pass rush. But this 49ers offense doesn't really necessarily exude confidence, and I think the Bears will be more competitive in this one. Look, we knew they were going to get beat by Tampa, uh, but it was surprising how much field struggled in that game. It was over halfway through the first quarter, I thought. It was over by about the first possession. He seemed to be lost. I want to ask you this question. Is Field's performance so far this year about his potential as a pro football quarterback or about Nagy's ability as a play caller? No, it's about Nagy's ability as a play caller. Because you look, when they allowed Bill Lazor and they were pushing the ball down the field, he looked good. He was making throws. And I don't care if it was against the Lions. The bottom line is they they were making effective plays. You know, some of these coaches, like Nagy, they, they should be paying guys like Patrick Mahomes. I've said it. I know Lombardi gets offended when I say this, but everybody from that Patriots staff should be paying uh, Tom Brady money. They all suck. Including Bill Belichick. Absolutely. But well, Bill Belichick, hey, hold on a second there. Well, How, I just asked no, 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 no. I thought you were being sarcastic. No, I wasn't. How many times has Bill Belichick made the playoffs without Tom Brady as a starting quarterback for more than uh, three games in a season? Once in nine years. Oh, he's the greatest coach of all time. I don't think so. Pro Football Focus has him ranked as currently the sixth best head coach in the NFL. Doesn't Chris Collinsworth own Pro Football Focus? I'm not sure. Now that meant some member. What's he going to tell us? Eagles. Eagles go to the Lions here. I think this is a game the Lions really need. It's a winnable game, my opinion. If they lose this game, I don't know where they're going to pick up a win uh, the rest of the year, maybe when they when they host the Bears uh, on Thanksgiving. But um, – Three and a half. Do you tease the Lions up through ten and a half, actually? Uh, no. I like the Lions to win this game outright. Ooh. I like the plus so three and a like, half here. How about plus 155? Just plus Dude, three Yeah, half. absolutely. Yeah. I like both sides. I like the plus 155 and I like the three and a half. Now, in the NFL, you got to take the three and a half. Howie Roseman and this Philadelphia Eagles team can't figure it out. Jalen Hurts can't co- a play. Nick, Sirianni, Nick Sirianni can't coach. They're, they're just a bad football team. They made bad draft picks. Their you defense just, is bad, too. Don't let people uh, fool you that their defense is any good. Who, who are bad. these people that are alleging this? It, that it's average or anything. Are these people in Bucks County? I don't know anybody outside of Bucks County that thinks the Eagles can play. Jaguars make a long, long, long road trip for your boy Urban Meyer all the way up to Seattle. Seahawks with Geno Smith Lane three and a half in this spot. Do you tease Urban and the boys up to ten and a half? I do. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a great opportunity with this team here. I, they're coming off of a bye. Geno Smith, a company, quick turnaround. And by the way, the way he performed at the end of that game, you think DK Metcalf's really running these routes this week? I mean, well, I'm not getting the football. That'd be interesting to see. But I think this is the second longest trip in the NFL. Yeah. Giants, uh, Chiefs, you would tease the Chiefs down? No. What's Just the line? Nine, nine and, and a half. half. I don't want to tease it at three and a half. You can take but it down it, to two and a half with a seven-point teaser. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. But it's probably cheaper to take a money line parlay with somebody else, depending on the – you have to look at the numbers. Okay. When we come back, it's a all in and the Palm Reader Playbook. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. 
Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There's CityCast in Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, LA, and now Denver. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Boy, if they added Memphis on here, the only thing you would have been missing was a gun. <laughs> Welcome back to Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Um, you have the play tonight on the Packers, but it's a couple of college football futures as well. Go ahead. You have the honors. Yeah, I'm going to start with the Green Bay Packers catching six and a half tonight here. And by the way, what a job by our graphics people. They got a late addition in there on this Packers play. Uh, plus six and a half first. The Cardinals like this one. And then I've got two plays to win the national championship. I actually got the Buckeyes at eight to one and seven and a half to one. We've got the highest hit. The current numbers at six and a half. So we're going to give that out at six and a half to one to win the national title in Alabama plus 225. I don't know which team's going to win it, but I believe it's going to be one of these two teams at the end of the day. If Ohio State makes the playoffs, what are their odds be at that point? Assuming it's Georgia, 
Ohio State, Oregon, and Oklahoma. Or Oklahoma. Alabama. Oklahoma. Uh, probably. Buckeyes probably about two to one. Yeah. So you have good value there. No, I'm not hedging yeah. there. Well, you know, we have two sides to it. No, because Alabama won't be in based on that scenario you just gave, yeah. but because Ohio State's going to beat them all. You think Alabama will be favored over Georgia in an SEC title game? By about one to two points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to give just one play, nothing tonight. Um, Saturday, 9 Pacific, 11 a.m. local time. I'm going to take the Iowa Hawkeyes, plus three and a half. I think this is too big of an adjustment from the look-ahead line of minus two and a half on Iowa before they lost to Purdue. I don't know that they're, they're any different team than they were. I mean, they have to run the football. Petrus isn't that good. They play with a thin margin. Here's the thing. Graham Mertz is no good either. I mean, it's a push at the quarterback position. Wisconsin's defense... Better run defense, Iowa, better pass defense, better turnover margin, better special teams. I'll take more than a field goal in this spot. Uh, two factors. They get to buy Iowa. Wisconsin played at Purdue last week. And two, the early local start, the students won't even be there till the second half. Fair enough there. Are you getting a lot of pressure from Iowa constituents to go against Frank Schwab here? I just can't back this anemic offense. No, I'm, oh, no, I'm not. Frank Schwab said he wouldn't lay the points. He thinks, didn't Frank say Iowa will win the game outright? Yeah, He's been I, right on every one of his picks involving... I, Milwaukee or Wisconsin teams. Fair enough. I, I'm, I'm not sure on this one. I, I think this you think was, it's a stay away. Well, I do think it is a stay away. I think it's a tough game to call. I think this is a game where an in-game opportunity presents itself. You take a look at it. But I think Wisconsin is going to win the game because they're run defense. How about the other Big Ten key matchups? Michigan, Michigan State, four. Are you getting involved there? I am not. I Look, I don't know what either of these teams are. You know, how, you know how you know Michigan has fallen off? You remember you go back to the 90s and the early 2000s? You knew who every quarterback, running back, and wide receiver at Michigan were. Now you got to actually buy a program. I mean, these guys, they're just not once what they once were, and that's the problem with Michigan. We'll find out how good they are. And look, I understand the knock on some of the Big Ten that these teams haven't played anybody yet. When you were Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, I mean, actually, let me take Clemson out of that equation because the ACC has been so bad for half a decade. But uh, Ohio State, one of the, uh, Oklahoma, you play three to four games a year. This argument that they don't play anybody, no, they don't. They're better than, talent-wise, they're better than about two-thirds of their schedule. They literally can just play with their third team and beat most of their schedules. Do you agree that in the SEC, the middle of the pack is harder to compete with than the middle of the pack in other conferences? Oh, it's not even close. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you look at it, you look at Auburn, Arkansas, um, Ole Miss, I'm going to put in the upper echelon, top three teams in that league. But even A&M right there. LSU's middle of the pack. Florida's middle of the pack. Those teams are far better than the Purdue's and and some of the other teams you see in other leagues. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit of World Series. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Astros 7, Braves 2 last night. Freed his third consecutive subpar postseason start. They go back to Atlanta, 1-1. No Morton for the rest of the series for the Braves. It resets almost to the series price, 140-145, the preflop price on the series. Game 3 tomorrow, Luis Garcia against Ian Anderson is a dead pick and a total of 8. Is this total a little short? Uh, I think it is, especially in Atlanta at Turner Field. Uh, I, I like this one to go over. I think both teams will be fine. This should be an intriguing matchup this weekend in terms of the games. Uh, uh, critical game three here. The though. market agrees with you at DraftKings up to eight and a half now, juice to the under, yeah. minus 115. Real quickly, World Series MVP odds currently. Michael Brantley's a favorite at plus 550. Altuve plus $7. Kyle Tucker 11 to 1. Jordan Alvarez 11 to 1. Freddie Freeman 11 to 1. Anybody you like out of that group, or would you look for a longer shot or not involved? Uh, I wouldn't be involved, but uh, Freddie Freeman and Altuve. I think if the Astros win, Altuve is going to have some big plays along the way. His speed even creates problems, and then Freddie Freeman's going to have to get some clutch hits if this team's going to win. How about the top 10 guys? None of them are pitchers in a World Series. That's amazing. Think about that. that. That's a great point. Great point. It's a World Series like I've never seen. It's with Morton out. It's just all bullpen. McCullers and Morton were the two aces. They're both gone now. 
And so it's just all bullpen games. Okay, uh, Amal, I want to go back to some of our interesting discussions we've had about conferences and who's going to win conferences. We've talked about this very interesting race in the ACC. I think it was a month ago. Pittsburgh was 19-1 to and Clemson was minus 170. Currently, Clemson 15-1, to Pittsburgh minus 135. Wake the check and choice at plus 280. And then we go down to NC State and Virginia, 12-1 to Clemson, as I said, 15-1. to UNC and Miami, 30-1. to Louisville, 60-1. to Is there value on Pitt at minus 135? I think if they get to the title game, they'll be a bigger favorite than that. I tend to agree with you. I like Pittsburgh here in this spot. But why do you and Britain always talk about the ACC? Is this to remind me when I knew Clemson was oh. going to have a bad year that I didn't take Pitt at 19-1? to I can't believe I love Kenny Pickett. I liked him coming in the season. Yeah. I'm a little bit concerned what they lost defensively. I thought Clemson lost too much overall. But I'm just regretting not taking this team. I Look, I like Wake Forest. They've done a nice job. But I don't think Clawson's team is going to be able to go, uh, you know, just pound for pound with Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's a much better team than people realize. I think Narduzzi took a lot of criticism in the last three or four years of his game management. And that he sort of, yeah. I'd be number one on but that But how list. about this year? He sort of res- resurrected himself here with this this banner season for Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, he hasn't had a situation where he's got yeah. the ball fourth and goal at the one-yard line, trailing by seven points with five minutes and decided to kick, kick the, the field, field goal. It's one yarder, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yes. A David Shaw move for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Wake Forest at plus 280, not enough for you. You don't believe in their defense. Look, they can score. Hartman's terrific, but they're not going to be able to move the ball like this against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got a good defense. I think Pittsburgh's balance is overlooked. It's so unfortunate they lost this game to Western Michigan. Otherwise, you have to talk about the Pitt Panthers. I think for the Pitt Panthers in the top five or six. Right Absolutely now. right. Absolutely. How long will it take Daba Daba Do to get back into the national championship picture with this team? Well, it's going to come down to a couple of things. First of all, are you going to make the offensive coordinator change with Tony Elliott? It's got to be done immediately after this season. If they do that, they'll be fine. The other thing is, though, look, nobody calls them out on it. They benefited immensely from playing in the uh, college football version of the AFC East. I mean, this program has benefited extremely well from the fact that Miami and Florida State have really gone through some really lean years considering what they were the previous three decades. Um, I, I think they'll be back there, but I thought Paul Feinbaum made a statement before the season started, which he goes, I don't believe Clemson will rise back to that level, and I tend to agree with him. Think about this. You had generational talents in Watson and Lawrence. You need somebody like that. Before we get to the Pac-12, how did this happen to these big three Florida schools that they're all? And I argue, you maybe say Florida's not down. I say they are down. But how did it happen that all three of these schools are on hard times? Well, let's start real quickly. With Is the there other. any state with more high, uh, football talent other outside of Texas than Florida? I don't think Texas has more talent than Florida. Okay, I think Florida probably. <clears throat> you know, you go depending if you go per capita. Obviously, you'd mm-hmm. say Georgia, Louisiana, and then probably Florida. But I think overall, Florida's got a ton of talent. Start with the University of Miami. It's a small private school. People forget it. It's got only about 4,500 to 5,000 students. Uh, the stadium is in Miami Gardens. This, the school is in Coral Gables. It's a 30-minute drive. You don't get students coming there on a Saturday. They don't have the support. Their facilities are dated. They just don't have what they need to be competitive there. You need a coach like Butch Davis who could recruit Broward and Dade nationally. This team would be prominent. Think about when they were great. DJ Williams from Colorado. Uh, excuse me, from, from the Bay Area. Played at uh, De La Salle. Then you have um, uh, Reed and Wayne from Louisiana. They, they went and got players from all over. Florida's problem is Will Muschamp ran that program right into the ground. Dan Mullins had to take over a program after Jeff McElwain or uh, after uh, Jim McElwain that was terrible. They, they just weren't a good program, and he hasn't really gotten a turnaround. Jim, um, excuse me, uh, Dan Mullins is not a good recruiter. That's the problem. You got to recruit. Not a them. good rec- quarterback recruiter. That's for sure. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> I, I listen, when Ohio, Henry Jones initially committed to Ohio State, when I saw his tape, I was like, no problem. You can have him. This guy's never going to get to see, see the field for the Buckeyes. And then Florida State, 
Look, this is a program. You don't have the fan base up there. You don't have the economics in the panhandle there that supports it the same way. Make no mistake about it. Florida's the flagship school in the state. Did Jimbo get out at the right time, or are they down because Jimbo got out? No, Jimbo got out at the right time. He knew his recruiting had fallen off. The cupboard was bare. The offensive line was terrible. They have free-fallen without a parachute. You know, I look at the 10-year run of Jimmy Johnson from 85 with Miami through 95 with Dallas. as maybe the greatest 10-year run of a coach. I mean, he... I know you should say should have. He won a national title, probably could have won three. Yeah. Totally dominant program, and then takes a 1-15 team and wins two Super Bowls. So, you know, it wasn't easy for him to come to Coral Gables. Schnellenberger, beloved, they won a national title. Here's this guy from Stillwater, wants to change their defense, right? But what he did there at Miami, I still think, is one of the greatest coaching jobs in college football ever. Well, I, I, the reality to me, I would probably point towards two people. Um, uh, Snyder at Kansas State, the turnaround he yeah. had there. Because you're not, you don't have anybody to recruit in state. Another guy in the Hayden Fry coaching tree. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Anybody that can Alvarez coach. Alvarez at Wisconsin took uh, over. At Alvarez Terrell. did an amazing <laughs> job, and then I'd point to Bobby Bowden what he did yeah. at Florida State. Yeah. 1987 to 1999. Top five every year. No, top four. <laughs> top four. Think about that. Oregon plus 120 to win the Pac-12 championship. Is it worth a play right now? Uh, listen, I'm going BJ Baylor and Fenwick to ride this Oregon State team to down to Las Vegas. They're nine to one. I like them. You I like it? Oregon State. I'm going to take a shot. Yeah. Even though the game's in Eugene and I said Oregon would win, I think at 9-1 to you take a shot, then you can take Oregon in that matchup. What's the line going to be on that game? Probably 10? about 7. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Stay tuned to Visa. And up next, it's Betting Across America. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 